Hey y'all, it's Barb. It's Shay. We're here to talk about a murder that's gonna knock you off your feet. So giddy up y'all, this is gonna be a wild one. Hey everyone, it's Barb again on another episode with your fave Texas chicks. It's great to be back for another episode. How's it going, Shay? It's going good. I have tomorrow off. I can't wait. Just sitting back and getting to talk to you. How are you? Um, that is awesome. I did not know that, but, uh, I am looking forward to the weekend, that's for sure. I'd like to remind you guys about the voters episode. The poll is still going on, but it's about to come to a close. So be sure to get your votes in before it's too late. We hope you guys have had a great holiday month so far and Merch is still out for sale, so if you'd like to purchase anything, just let us know. And with today's episode, I got all of my information from Texas.gov and then SanAntonio.org, NewsForSanAntonio.com, and MySanAntonio.com. So can you just take a guess where this murder happened? Austin. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Um, So yes, it did take place in San Antonio. With all that business being taken care of, let's go ahead and dive into today's episode. I do want to say that it will be shorter today um, for a few reasons, but we'll cover those later. Today, we will be covering a murder of a 21-year-old man named Blaze Wright Jr., Blaze was a graduate of Samuel Clemens High School in 2004, and people have said that there were always a few things that came to mind whenever you thought of him. He would always be wearing a Texas Longhorn baseball cap and a smile. He was on the football and track team during high school, and his former high school coach said that he was just a kid that knew how to really light up a room even if they lost the game that day. For hobbies, he loved working on cars. It was really a passion of his, and in his passing, he had many, many different auto parts that he collected throughout the years. He liked to spend a lot of time with his friends, and they knew they could always count on him. In particular, they like to go float the river for a getaway sometimes on the weekends. He was always described by many friends and family members as a hard worker, and even at times when he really needed the money, he would actually be employed at two different places. He touched so many people's lives. Even one of his managers decided to speak on his behalf at his funeral and told the loved ones that He was one of the guys that he could rely on the most and was one of the best helps he had ever had. He left behind three sisters along with his mom and dad. He had previously attended St. Philip's College in San Antonio and was planning on returning to finish his degree. With that being said, I'm going to post a picture of him. Can you describe him for our listeners, Shay? Yeah, sure. Um, so he, it looks like he has short brown hair and it looks like green eyes from this picture, maybe brown. Um, 
And in this picture, which I'm assuming is his driver's license or like a school picture, he looks like genuinely happy. I mean, ha happen? What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> he looks genuinely happy. Like his smile looks genuine as if he was like, you know how usually in those kind of pictures, you just kind of like, eh, whatever, smile real quick and just move on. He just looks genuinely happy. Yeah, it's one of those pictures where he's smiling with his eyes, not just his smile. Yeah. And there's a difference in pictures for that. And actually, he I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the hair, but he reminds me of my brother who also passed away from a motorcycle accident. I was um, going to say that, that he looked like him. Yeah, like a little bit. There's like mm -hmm. a little features there. Um, but yeah, he does look like a cool guy. I really love that the... Um, websites had so much information on who he was as a person because sometimes we don't get anything and then there's times where we have overload which is like this and it's super cool yeah i like i like learning about the victims and like learning how they were when in their past lives you know because sometimes they just focus too much on the the person who doesn't matter the crappy person and it's really exactly. frustrating especially as the whole reason we started this podcast was to talk about victims and their struggles that they went through, whether they are still alive or not. So it's just really, yes. it's nice to see where it's all about him. Yep. Uh, I totally agree. I get sad when we, when we have cases where there's not hardly any information on the victims. Um, but with that being said, let's go ahead and move on before the day that blaze was tragically murdered he had actually gotten word that he was hired on for a job he previously applied for and he expressed so much excitement for this job and thought it was going to be the big turning point for him in his future and it's really sad to know that it was literally like the day before so i don't know that just gets me man yeah especially when he was just like He's like genuinely happy for his job now, you know, because yes. before he probably was just like working just to make money. But now he's actually going to be working for something he feels like he's super interested in. Yeah, it could be like the place, his career or something that he really wanted to do that really, you know, got his life in motion. And to me, I feel like it was probably like an auto auto shop or something like that. It could have been a big possibility. Well, on the evening of February 2nd, 2007, he was taking a nap in his apartment whenever he was woken from what sounded like shuffling and commotion going on in his living room. Whenever he realized that someone was actually inside his apartment, he really freaked out probably. He probably popped out, propped out of bed and this is when he decided to walk out and see who the heck was in his living room well it was perpetrators trying to burglarize his apartment and when they saw blaze coming from the bedroom they unloaded bullets from a handgun they brought in and it hit blaze killing him they fled the scene and this is when you know obviously the police came and they started interviewing witnesses that were out and about around the apartment complex and witnesses told the police that they saw a black, this is quote, a black male subject leave the apartment and enter a gold colored sedan, which was currently occupied by another black male and a Hispanic female driver 
who had reddish hair. A composite drawing of the female driver was obtained and the police posted it on the news and in articles and online, hoping that someone out there would be able to identify her. It's really sad to say, but this case actually went cold for quite some time. For nearly 13 years, the police had no idea who could have done this and what direction to go in. And it's really crazy to me to think that this was only in 2007 and that wasn't that long ago. Like, where are your cameras? Apartment complex. Oh, I know. My gosh. And it's like, it's like literally, that's one of my biggest fears is like, oh, I'm just going to go take a real quick nap. And then I wake up and my life is over in a second. Yes. And I honestly think that the person who was burglarizing the apartment probably had no idea that blaze was in that bedroom because he wouldn't have been like just shuffling around looking through the a living room you know not with somebody laying in the bedroom right across the hallway yeah so it was just like this weird probably burglarized robbery where he probably didn't know him i don't think he knew him i never found where they actually knew who the like the suspect knew who the victim was i think it was just a random apartment yeah and I, I also wonder if i feel like they didn't because the fact that he like walked out and they fired off like basically immediately seems like they were in shock just as much as he was you know what i mean yeah exactly so with that being said the texas rangers took over the case and started to really comb through it after looking further into the investigation, a break was finally made from what seemed to be a huge help from the key witness at the scene. And in the year 2020, the task force was able to obtain probable cause to arrest three different suspects. Like, oh, hold up, let me pause right there. So you're telling me this same witness that actually saw what happened in 2007 is now coming forth and finally giving a key evidence and being able to identify or help piece together with the Texas Rangers, like who the suspects could have been. Like now, why now in 2020? Uh, especially for a 21 year old. Yeah, and that blows my mind. Like, not only did you withhold information if you did that, or like you're just now coming with this random um testimony i guess mm -hmm. but if it was so long ago that's 13 years ago i mean your memory could have altered from what really happened you gave it 13 years for your mind to change yeah exactly like your the view that you saw from where you were is different than how you like how you first saw it like their eyes were blue but now you're saying they're green kind of situation yeah exactly i just don't understand that's crazy so the three suspects that were uh, arrested were obtained um, for probable cause were Joseph and Laura Selders and another male suspect. A warrant had been obtained for capital murder and their arrests were made. What blows my mind about this, though, is that at some point during the initial investigation, Laura Sand. I think that's how you say her name. Laura Selders was actually identified as a person of interest, but the police never actually brought her in to be interviewed by the police. 
Bruh. Why would you not? If any. Okay, hold on. I gotta get my thought process going. Yes, I don't know. But investigators finally decided to interview her in July of 2020. During... Literally last year. Yes, not even a little over a year ago. During the interview with her, she admitted to police that she was the one who was driving the, the getaway car, if you will. But at the time, she had absolute no idea that the murder even happened until she saw the deposit sketch they published of her. She admitted that Joseph was responsible for the murder and that Joseph told her he, quote, lifted blaze's apartment key before the murder i don't even know what that means i tried to look up what that meant and i couldn't find anything i'm guessing i'm guessing that means he probably just keyed his way into the apartment yeah like lifted hmm i don't know or maybe he like took it like took his key before leaving or before the murder like that's how they got into the apartment he like stole his key to be able to get in there Oh, maybe so. But I was like, what does that even mean? That didn't even make sense to me. It's probably slang, you know. Yeah. Well. We're not we're not robbers, so we wouldn't understand. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> when asked about, so during this inter- investigation process with her, the police decided to ask her, okay, well, if he did it, well, where's the murder we- weapon? Well, she told the police that Joseph told her the weapon was previously wrapped in his t-shirt in the trunk of his car but since then had been taken care of after committing a similar robbery to blazes but in this robbery the victim actually survived after a week later another witness came forth and told police that Joseph had given him the murder weapon after committing the crime, and then he turned around and gave it to someone else, and that person used it in another San Antonio shooting. So, that's crazy. It literally went from from Joseph to committing the, the crime to Blaze and murdering him, to him using that same murder weapon in another shooting, to him giving it to a buddy, that buddy giving it to someone else, and that someone else committed a shooting. They're literally worse than COVID right now. Like, what the heck? Yes. Who just passes a gun around? I don't know. But, Bruh. like, I I don't know. I don't know. I well, don't I don't understand. Like, I guess because if it's, like, an illegal gun and it's not under anybody's name, then maybe they're like in this little group so they all know that this gun can't be traced so if they're gonna have to kill somebody it can't be traced back to any of them yes that's true that's a good uh, theory well this is when they believe they had enough evidence to arrest joseph so they did and this was in august of 2020 and as for the wife laura i believe is still in jail and had a $250,000 bond. But I did see in one article where she was released until further notice. But I don't know if that's true. I, I think she's still in, in jail with that bond. And I believe Joseph's bond was set at 500000 As for the second male, or what you would say was the third suspect, was Michael Carroll Jr. 
and he was arrested in capital murder after several witnesses came forth to the police. For Joseph's case, it was handed over in August 2020 to the Criminal Trial Division of the 227th District Court. I don't think anything else has been done in reference to the trials or this case or cases because I wasn't able to find anywhere online where it said that they were being officially charged or like what the verdict was. So at this point, I just think that they're still waiting in jail to receive a court day or waiting on their court date to get here. But that basically wraps up today's case. So I, with what we're standing on right now, I'm waiting to find out like what their sentence would, was actually gonna be. Uh trial and i know this one was pretty short but it's interesting to cover because blaze finally found justice after 13 years and the case seems to be still ongoing but with that being said what did you think shay i think that's crazy that it took 13 years and especially if they literally had the like the driver as a as like a person of interest but yet you still didn't take the time to go like this case could have been closed so long ago like just with one little hiccup like that and I think it's it's just a bummer but I'm glad that they're finally like starting the process of because you know sometimes it takes like two three years for them to even go to court for the first time so yeah I'm just glad that at least they're arrested and something's happening in this case and we're gonna definitely have to keep track of this one for sure Yes, and I will um, post any updates if I if I see any come online. You know, s- stuff like this is so sad to me because what could have happened where a guy um, would only have thought to have robbed somebody that just took the wrong turn even more and ended up with somebody dying is like tragic to me because yes, robbery like robbing a place is really bad and it's illegal you should never do that that you're invading somebody's personal space that's not okay but now you're taking it even 10 steps further with someone accidentally being there which was probably the case i don't know if it was but it's just sad to me you know yeah but yeah i'd like to remind you some cameras yes yes (laughs) Everybody has cameras at your house, in your house, outside your house. I know I do. So, do I got a ring and I live in an apartment complex, guys. Yes. So, you will be caught. Plus, I got (laughs) officers in the family and friends. So, you will be caught. I'd like to remind you guys the voters episode is approaching quickly. I am super excited to cover this month's case for you guys. And as always, remember we love you and to stay out of dark places and watch your back because you never know who may be lurking. Bye. Bye.